You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I do not have a special guest for you today, but it is what it is. I do have some good news for you, though. My um, is Aaron Rodgers coming back meter went from whatever number I said it was before up to about 85%. I don't think that. I think I was at like 65, wasn't I? I don't know, but it's at about 85, maybe a little closer to 90 at this point. I keep saying I have no idea what to think about the situation, and I really don't. It's massively confusing. But um, if you listened last night, J.J. released the audio of Aaron Rodgers speaking on this whole situation and gave his own two cents on what he thinks may be happening, and it makes a good amount of sense to me. As much as anything in this current conundrum makes sense, which is not very much. But if you have not yet heard it, allow me to play that audio for you briefly, and then, um, you know, th- then we'll continue with the podcast is what we'll do. Sometimes the loudest person in the room is not the smartest person. Sometimes the loudest person in the room is not the person who has all the facts on their side or the truth on their side. Sometimes there's a lot of wisdom in silence. Sometimes there's a lot of wisdom in being selective on what you say. And this off season, I've spent a lot of time working on myself. I think, I think uh, for a long time, mental health has been only an okay topic to broach if you're talking about dealing with bouts of depression, um, you know, uh, suicide like this is big issue topics right with mental health it's been a weird stigma around it that i i think there's been some athletes who've spoken out about uh those things and and gotten the support they deserve but there's not a lot of conversation around just the idea of having uh, a very positive mental state mental health state and i think there's a lot to it that i've learned that i focused on in the off season about how to take care of myself not the total package, not just my physical self to work out, um, but my and my spiritual self with my own mindful practices, my mental health as well, what's the best way to take care of that? And that's what I've been doing this offseason. That's why I've taken the time I've taken and and done the things or not done the things that I've done. Um, and I'm very thankful for that time. All right, so a couple observations. First of all, I, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is – purposely trying to transform into a black man from New Orleans, but uh, he's getting there. He, I, I don't know what that weird accent is. It, it, it sounds like New Orleans to me a little bit. It's got a hint of it, but it's getting stronger with every interview. And I'm pretty sure he was just in Hawaii, so I don't know where he's picking that up at. I didn't hear any like brothers or anything like that. But anyways, that, that's a thing that's happening. 
But I think the most interesting thing is he basically just answered all of our questions. Now, it's not real, right? There's clearly more going on here than what he's saying, but he's flat out telling us right now, what I've been doing these last couple months is just taking time away from my own mental health. I'm just, and I and listen, I get it, right? I am, I, I'm the guy that's like, I don't need much, but once a year, I need to go away. I want to just go, I want to go for a week, two weeks, whatever it is, to Florida. I want to be in unbearable heat. I want to see palm trees. I want to go to Disney. I just want to get so far away from my current reality that I just forget because you get stuck in the monotony of it or it's just the stress and everything else. And when you can just let it all go and be done with it, it feels amazing. So I I get it. And he, he's even saying, like, look, we talk all about, you know, people who are in severe distress and, and their mental health needs, but he's, re- he's saying, I'm realizing it's important for everybody to take mental health seriously. All right, cool, I get it. Point is, though, again, he's flat out saying that's, that's, that's what this has been about. The other interesting thing is, at the very end, although he's alluding to this the whole time, at the very end, he says, I'm very grateful to have taken that time. Past tense. Meaning his um, mindfulness slash brain vacation mental health period is done. Maybe I'm crazy. It sounds to me like he's saying, I took a little break and I'll be back. If I didn't know any better, this guy's walking into training camp in a couple weeks like nothing happened. And again, you're going to have a bunch of Packer fans especially calling everybody out like, see you bunch of dummies, this was never a big deal. You guys got all whipped up by the media. Dude, dude, dude. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. This has been confirmed over and over and over that there's something very serious going on, including by Aaron Rodgers, Mr. They Forgot That It's About The People. If they don't stop sliding around chairs upstairs, I'm going to lose my mind. What what are they even... Dinner has been done for an hour. (laughs) It's the loudest noise in the world when you're underneath the kitchen and they just grab these heavy chairs and just... Anyways, on top of that, you had all of Aaron Rodgers' friends and former teammates saying, I've, I've talked to him. I think that there's a chance that he'll come back. I think that they can work this out. Work out what? You got the Green Bay Packers in particular saying, boy, oh boy, I hope he comes back. We're working on it. We're flying out to California to try to work this out. We're trying to get him back. This has never been fake. So it sounds like Rodgers, and this is kind of how JJ at least phrased it on Twitter. I don't want to put words in his mouth. But the way that he phrased it, let me just pull it up because I'm, I don't want to misquote the man, but I thought it was apt. It's the most apt prediction Florida's made in years. I think. He said, and I quote, Is this the beginning of Aaron Rodgers walking back his public rift with the Packers front office? It certainly lays valuable framework toward that end if it is in fact his goal. Now again, there's a giant pile of, of stuff sitting here. But he did lay the framework. He did lay out... And, and, you know, he talked in the beginning about how there's wisdom in keeping your mouth shut, and that would certainly seem to be the truth if he does just decide to walk all this back and come back to Green Bay. Because if he had been shooting off his mouth this whole time, it would have been real awkward. Now he gets to walk back in and be like, dude, I was just taking a break. I don't know what you're talking about. It's all good. And again, clearly there was more to it than that, but who's going to call him out on that? You think, you think what, Mark Murphy's going to go to the podium and be like, yeah, he's back, but we hate him because he's, he's just that. No, they're going to be like, no, we're good. It's good. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're bringing it up. I don't know what you're talking about, man. It's all good here. They don't want to dra- They want 
they want everything good. If Aaron Rodgers comes back, you talk to Matt LaFleur and be like, so uh, what happened? Why was he all crazy? And they're like, dude, what are you talking about? You're crazy. Rodgers has always been here. You're you're losing your mind, man. He's always been a Packer, so you should probably just get out of my face. Former teammates, what are they going to do? James Jones, uh, so you said you would media. Look, this whole thing's been blown out of proportion. A.J. Hawk on uh, McAfee's show. They're both just going to be rolling on the floor with how out of how blown out of proportion this whole thing was and how the media looks so stupid. <laughs> Got him. And look, I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm, I'm going to lay it out there that that's stupid and clearly wasn't the case, but I'm happy to just move on. Yep, let's move on. Because from where I'm sitting, the Bucks are in a real good spot, the Brewers are lighting everybody up, and the Packers are looking like the most dangerous team in football. Titans look a little scary. The Bucks are still the Bucks. You know, there's competition. I'm not saying there's not competition, but the Packers are scary. Put Aaron Rodgers under center, easily the best team in the NFC North, and I will laugh in your face if you disagree. Justin Fields can be the next Pat Mahomes, and guess what? I'm not scared. You know why? Because the Packers are better than the Chiefs, and the Chiefs with Pat Mahomes are better than the Bears. So, yeah. Vikings, good football team. We might split. Might you know? We might split with you, but we'll end up with a better record. We'll go deeper in the playoffs, and uh, you know, best of luck to you. So I hope so. I hope that during his mindfulness sessions and uh, all that, he's come to the conclusion that he's not going to get what he wants out of this situation. He was wise to keep his mouth shut for the most part through this whole thing, and he's decided that he's not really going to get what he wants in terms of whatever compensation he was looking for. And as JJ said, he's just at least cracking the door. Because we're kind of coming up to a uh, a period where he's going to start losing a lot of money, and it does it, it seems like he's not going to take that route. And kudos to him if this was him just playing some serious hardball to try to get a little extra money, which again kind of still is the most realistic and likely scenario. the The whole thing's crazy, and it's a little it's a little iffy because I doubt you start making personal attacks if that's all this was. But again, let me reiterate what I said was the only thing that made a little bit of sense here. Aaron Rod, it's it all comes down to getting that one last big contract, right? And then after that, you're kind of an afterthought. Devontae is angling to get the biggest possible contract he can because this might be the last one he gets. And if he gets another one, it might be some like one year, seven million dollar deal with the Texans in in four years because he's he's old now and he just isn't quite the same guy. And so Aaron Rodgers, clear, I mean, he again, he was talking about it's winding down, my career's coming to an end. He hadn't had a real just dominant year in a long time. Not necessarily all bad, but 2019 wasn't great. 2018, 2017, you know, he hasn't had great years. And now they draft a quarterback, and they've got a new head coach, and they've got a new GM. They're not worried about Aaron Rodgers. You know, they're, they're ready to move on with this new era. They're building everything. The last final piece is that at some point, and we don't know when, but at some point we're going to have to find a quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers isn't really doing much for us, at least in terms of being like this completely irreplaceable, freakish, best quarterback in football. He just hasn't been. He comes out and lights the league on fire, and it's like, dude, this is my window, because he knows he ain't going to do that again. He's not going to get back-to-back MVPs. As I said, with the with the noise coming back, just... just just in a normal year, guys win MVP and then they don't the next year. It doesn't mean you're bad, but you're not going to get back-to-back. You, He is never, for the rest of his career, going to be more valuable than he is right now. And he knows it. And he didn't expect it, and nobody expected it. And he's got a massive amount of leverage, and he's looking at a team that's trying to nickel and dime him, like, well, let's give him one more year, and then if he's bad, then we'll move him out. And he's like, no, no, no. I'll tell you what, we're not playing that game anymore. 
I just want MVP. We're not going year to year with my contract. I want something more than that. You're going to load me up with money. You're going to give me tons of guarantees. We're not playing this game. It's, it's, it's insane for me to have to agree to just go along with that kind of an arrangement. I'm the MVP. I'm freaking Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's what this whole thing has been about. So he just, you know, with, with and, and the agents play a big part in it. You know, he goes to his agent, they talk about it, they work it out, and they're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play some serious hardball. Because it is a big risk. The Packers are willing to move on. There's no, because you have to be. They know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be around forever. You have to understand that there will come a time. But you also understand that they don't know anything about Jordan Love, and they know that he's not quite ready, largely because of a COVID year. He's not ready. And so they don't want to have to move on. They really, really don't want to have to move on. So he played his hand. And it doesn't, at this point, look like it's going very well. Or maybe there is a, a, an offer on the table that he knows he's at least somewhat willing to accept, even though it's not exactly what he wanted. But he knows at the very least, even if he can't get more, it's resolved, and he's going to have to find a way to walk back in the door. And so this is, this is the first step. Let's say it was mental health. And I'm not saying he's lying. Again, it makes perfect sense because everybody needs that. Makes sense, especially for a high-profile guy like Rodgers. And it also just fits his M.O. of being that kind of a guy, right? The whole holistic, you know, meditation. You hear the chairs? You hear them? They're like DJs scratching records up there. But they're just scratching my, my hardwood floors with the chairs is all they're doing. That's incredible to me. We just, we just, okay, anyways. So, again, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on. He may still sit out the year, but, but that, that's the thing. That never made sense. It never made sense to me. But it also, like, the coming back thing never made sense, so I didn't really know what to make of it, but, um, oh, my goodness. Try not to be OCD about this, but it's just, it, it's just because I don't understand it. The chair thing upstairs, I just, I don't get why, why, I don't know. It's fine. But not coming back just never really made a ton of sense to me. And, and again, the whole, I want to get out and, I guess I get it because your feelings are hurt or whatever, and you're mad at the franchise, but you're going to a worse team. You have to know that. It's just, I don't know. And again, this is part of the reason why the thing that made the most sense is that this is just about angling for, for leverage of getting something else. But again, then, then it's weird that you're doing personal attacks. You don't have to do that. I don't, it's, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I can't wrap my head around it. Aaron Rodgers and kitchen chairs, man. They'll just, they'll be the death of me. I don't know what to do. Anyways, big, giant, massive thank you to Miss Wendy Walter jumping in on Patreon. I really, really appreciate your support as well as the kind words. And also, big, giant, massive shout-out to Grandma Sharon. Grandma now, not to be outdone by anybody, owns the biggest donation to the Palmer Home for Children, $105. So thank you very much to everybody that's donated to that. We are at $335. If you'd like to support the Palmer Home for Children, you can go to the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. It is pinned to the top there. There's a link right there you can donate. Uh, If you go to my Twitter, the pinned tweet is a link to the Palmer Home for Children. If it's a little too complicated because you got to put in all your information, well, not all your information, but your credit card and all that, they don't have like a PayPal thing. It scared me off the first time as as lazy as it makes me sound. I was like, "Ah, I'm not doing this right now. It's like, I just want to do PayPal and be done, but there isn't one. If you don't want to have to do that, you can send it to me via Venmo, PayPal, however you want to do it. Just leave me a little note, say this is for the Palmer Home. That's what several people have done so far. I will send the money personally, and then I will attach your name to it. 
But uh, Malcolm Reed set this up. He's trying to raise $20,000 to feed an entire family at the Palmer home for one year. He is at 17000 so far. I am personally looking to get into the 1500 to 2000 range, if at all possible. We have until Labor Day. So again, every little bit counts if you have a dollar or $2, whatever it is, that would really, really help out a lot. If you'd like to support me personally, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please send them my way. Otherwise, we will take a break and we will be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, in other unfortunate news, it sounds as though Mr. Mark Murphy has shot down, not not directly, but in a sense, shot down the idea of uh, camo or blaze orange colored jerseys for the Green Bay Packers. It's pretty disappointing to me and you. Actually, I saw that somebody put the Twitter poll up. Nobody wants that, but I, I, I guess I just don't really care enough, right? So I think some people take this super seriously, and so I can understand why you wouldn't want it. I wouldn't mind if we're if it's just like a game, just be stupid one time. Who cares? Or do like a charity thing, you know? Like there's a Packer fan who's been a lifelong fan who's got a terminal illness, and we're just gonna dedicate the day to that. Like something like that would be cool. Or just do camo. Just be like, good luck beating us when we're invisible. <laughs> you know? Or just make it like all brown, like you know, pigskin brown if that's a real color. And then just do like reverses all day long. Be like, who's got the ball? I, you don't know. Just really confuse them. 
or just all black, including the numbers. So you can't read the numbers. You don't know who's where. I'm sure we're breaking a couple rules here, but I'm just I'm just trying to think outside the box, man. I'm just trying to get us there, you know? Trying to get us that Super Bowl. Or maybe the uniform is like silly number day. And it's where everybody just wears different numbers. Be like, no, these are our these are our uniforms. We get to do this once a week. This is what we chose. We chose to do silly number day. Aaron Rodgers is like 99. Tunyon wears 12 and he's like, or just give it to DeGuara and he's playing like next to the quarterback and just kind of throw him off. And they switch jerseys on the sideline or something. You know, I don't know. I'm again just throwing it out there. But it sounds like Mr. Mr. Uh, no Fun Party, Mr. Mark Murphy, just wants to do like, oh, let's do something from the '30s when you know when uh, nobody knew anything about fashion. Sure, let's let them decide what our uniforms should look like. That makes sense. Apparently, uh, 1920s Green Bay Packers have better fashion sense than I do. I don't think so, but whatever. I'm not bitter. Anyways, digging into the questions a little bit. Thank you guys very much for uh, keeping those up to date. Definitely need your help with that. I'll probably try to remember to get another post up so we can get the questions rolling even more. Thomas Austin says, yo diggity dog, I'll give you five. Five questions, that is, which is great. That might just take us to the end of the podcast. We'll see how this goes. I like that he did a, uh, oh no, he didn't. I thought he did a countdown. I was like, this is this makes it exciting. He didn't, it's just a normal count up. Number one, what is the highest and lowest record you can see the Packers going this season? I don't know why it's so hard for me to remember how many games we're playing. We've we've played 16 forever. There's one more than that. It's 17. But then I always get confused because it's like weeks compared to weeks that you play. So there were 17 weeks and teams played 16 games. Now there's 18 weeks and teams play set. It's just, it's just, it shouldn't be. I overcomplicate that in my brain. So we're playing 17 games with Aaron Rodgers back. I'm saying it's possible, wildly unlikely, but possible they win 16. I'm not going to 17, but I'll say 16. Because they've been, what, 13 and 3? So it's, it's, uh, maybe that's not right. Let's say 15. Because 13 would be 14 if we just add a game and assume we win it. Although that added game is the Chiefs, but eh, whatever. And now let's just say the Packers are slightly better. We'll say we'll say 15 is is the top. The lowest record, Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back. Uh, Jordan Love is terrible. But even then, we still got still got Blake Bortles. But let's say they're like, no, 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 we're gonna we're gonna ride or die with Jordan. He's either gonna figure it out or we're just gonna crash and burn because we got to get a definitive answer on Jordan. Plus, if he's really really bad, then we want to have a bad record, even though nobody will ever admit to doing that. But you know it is what it is. But um. Well, let's, let's look at the schedule, and let's just see. So I'm going to say the Saints is a loss, even though I don't know if the Saints are even good anymore. Uh, Lions, I still got to say that's a win. So that's one. Lose to the 49ers, probably lose to the Steelers. Bengals, yeesh. I'm going to call that a win. That's two. Bears will say is a loss. Washington will say is a loss. Arizona is a loss. Chiefs are a loss. Seahawks loss. Vikings loss. Rams loss. Bears loss. Ravens loss. Browns loss. Uh, let's say the worst possible. I'm going to call it four. Four wins. Because I'm looking at a Lions team that is horrific. Uh, Bengals should be a win. And there's a couple in here, even a bad Packers team will pull off. You know, the Bears will find a way to lose at least one. The Saints, I don't know what they are. Washington is iffy. I mean, better than a just bottom-of-the-barrel Packers team, but iffy. And there's there's a lot of other things with the Packers that have to go wrong, but we're talking worst-case scenario. So we got multiple injuries. You pick where they are. Uh, Kenny doesn't take a step. Rashawn doesn't take a step. Zadarius continues to falter. 
the the safety duo was a fluke. Jair falls off. He had one good year. You know that kind of stuff. I'm I'm saying four. So again, if you want a more realistic number, I I don't know, but absolute best, absolute worst, somewhere between four and what did I say, fifteen. Second question, and this is, and we should have learned this from when JJ did his interview with me. This is the kind of question that I'm going to spend way too much time on. And so I'll try to not take any time on this. Second question. What would be your personal anthem that would play whenever you entered a room? <sighs> See, this is what I'm talking about. What? Who am I and why am I entering the room? Is it like there's a, a Packers podcaster convention and everybody gets their own uh, music and I got to pick a music, a song to come out to? Would it just be my intro then? But I know that's not the answer to your question, so I can't say that. We got to come up with a song. What would it be? Could go the ironic route and make it something stupid. You know, like uh, Peter Bukowski comes out to John Cena's music and I come out to this. We got it together, didn't we? We've definitely got our thing together, though. All right, I got an answer. I don't, I don't, it's just, let's, let's just settle on this. I have no idea why this song just ran. So, I was seriously lip, flipping through Tupac and Biggie songs, trying to find a song that I can get a five second clip that didn't involve a swear. And I was really getting stuck. And this song just blasted into my brain. And it's like, yep, that's, let's just go with that one. Ready? Here it is. All right, I think you get the point. I and that was the other thing I was trying to figure. I wanted it to get into the main part of the song, but that's it takes like five minutes. I was like, well, do I just cut to that? It's like, no, dude, you got to get the beginning because that's like the main thing. The intro, the the walking music is all about that first impact, you know. So I, I again, it's another one of those things. You give me an hour, I'll come up with five hundred different songs, and I'll be in the process of whittling it down. But that one popped into my head. I'm like, that'll work. Let's go with that. It sounds it sounds like intro music. Outside, this is his next question. Outside of a quarterback, who would you put on a Madden cover? I mean, immediately coming to mind is Derrick Henry. Is that what we're talking about? Which guy from last season are we putting on a cover? Now, if I'm going to be biased, there's any number of Packers we could put on there. Devontae would be fantastic to put on the cover. Um, You know, I know defensive guys aren't as popular, but Jair is in consideration. That's probably it. I mean, you're not going to put... Corey Lindsley or David Bakhtiari on there. That would be kind of, that's, that's, that's getting a little silly. No offense to the offensive linemen, but that's, nobody wants to see that. But I mean, look, I mean, just the fact that Derrick Henry cracked 2000 yards uh, rushing is, I mean, that's just a milestone that I, I think is, it's fair that you can say you want to put him on the Madden cover just for that. And it's not like it's just because of the amount of carries he got, even though that's a big part of it. He had 5.4 yards per attempt. That's a lot. Only four people in the NFL had a higher yards per carry than that. Uh, Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb were at, or Aaron Jones 5.5, Nick Chubb 5.6, Sony Michelle 5.7, J.K. Dobbins at 6.0. So I, I think just out of respect for the, the what he accomplished last year, Derrick Henry would make the most sense. Question number four, what are some films that you would like to watch, but just for whatever reason you haven't watched yet? What was I just thinking? Oh, I was thinking how I haven't seen any Toy Story movies, at least 
from start to finish, but I don't want to watch them. Let me go to the top 100 list because I know there's a bunch on there. But I, I think I don't think there's any that I really, really want to watch. There's some that I feel like I should watch that I haven't, like Star Wars. I went through and watched a bunch of Star Wars, and as you all know, I kind of thought they were all trash. Not not the worst in the world. Some of them were a little bit better than others, but it's like this is it's the same movie over and over and over again. Literally the exact same movie and over and over and over again. And then I ask people, should I stick around because the graphics get so much cooler? Maybe it'll be better. And almost everybody's like, no, it gets a lot worse. So I just bailed. Right, Marvel is decent, so I'm kind of getting caught up on those. Kind of the same thing where it's at least very similar plot lines in all of them, but it's somewhat entertaining and it's something cool to do with the kids, so we're doing that. But um, it wasn't like, you know, I don't know. So anyways, let's look at the 100 greatest movies of all time, see which ones I have not seen, because I'm sure there's some good ones on here that I have not seen. 1986, I don't even know what that is, so I don't care. Raging Bull, I, I have not seen, and I probably should. But it's one of those, it's kind of like Taxi. I, I didn't finish Taxi because I thought it was so, just terrible. I really thought it was terrible. And there's a couple other movies that are supposedly classics that everybody says are so good, and it's like, this is just straight trash. And Raging Bull just makes me think that it's going to be that way. I know, it, like, some of the shooting style. I watched uh, Martin Scorsese's Masterclass, and he kind of showed a couple of the clips, and it's like, I don't know, it just seems a little weird. I get that it's... I don't know. So you can maybe put that on there. I don't know what Amelie is. I've never heard of that. Titanic, I've seen. Goodwill Hunting was decent but overrated. Arrival is not interesting. Lost in Translation, I don't care. Princess Bride, I liked when I was a kid. Terminator is amazing. Prestige, I've never heard of. I feel like these are fake. Like top 100, seriously? Usually I know the titles. No Country for Old Men is unbelievable. Shaun of the Dead was overrated. The Exorcist is fantastic. Uh, Predator, good but overrated. Uh, Indiana Jones, I've, I saw when I was a kid, it wasn't that interesting. And if you're not, in, it's not interesting when you're a kid, you know it's not interesting. Um, Leon, is that the name of the, that's not the name of the song, is, or the movie, is it? I guess, the the Hitman one, that's an incredibly, kind of weird, but really good and fantastic acting. The tension between the old man and the little kid are creepy, but uh, it's a great movie. Rocky, I think, is overrated, but fine. True Romance, nobody cares. Some Like It Hot, I have not seen, and I don't think I will because it's black and white. <sighs> Spirited Away, what are you talking about? This is a terrible list. I picked a bad list, I think. Fargo's good. <sighs> the fact that I've seen two Marvel movies right now is making me think that this is just a terrible list. I know we're at 65, but Avengers Assemble at 65? Come on. I've barely seen 65 movies, and I can name about 65 movies better than the Avengers movies. Forrest Gump is at 61. American Beauty is a, an amazing movie. Uh, E.T.'s good. Inglorious Bastards, I don't really care. Whiplash. Whiplash, maybe I'll add to the list. I've only seen that one scene, and it seems interesting, but it's also, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to watch it. Pan's Labyrinth is horrible. I watched that from start to finish, thinking it was like a horror movie or something. I don't know what I thought it was, but it was really stupid, really bad. Silence of the Lambs is great. Citizen Kane, maybe? Again, it's another one of those... A lot of, like, old black and white, like, Casablanca movies that I probably should add to the list that I haven't seen. Maybe that's what I would say. Citizen Kane, Casablanca. Gladiator is decent. There Will Be Blood I really wanted to like, but it wasn't very good. Departed is unbelievable. Shining is fantastic. Guardians of the Galaxy at 34. Ugh, that movie was horrible. Of all the Marvel movies, I'm dreading that there's another Guardians of the Galaxy because it was so bad. That was just stupid. 
And Schindler's List is right after it. You have Guardians of the Galaxy next to one of the best movies ever made, Schindler's List. This is a joke. Seven is fantastic. Big Lebowski is one that I've watched halfway through 19 times. I've never liked anything that I've seen, but I keep trying to watch it and I keep falling asleep. It does not look very good to me. Inception was not good. I didn't like that at all. I know it was very popular when it came out. Fight Club is awesome. This is the worst list I've ever seen in my life. Godfather, thank you, finally. <laughs> and after that, you have Back to the Future. Not knocking it, it's a good movie, but yikes. We're, we're basically in the top ten and Back to the Future is here. Oh, this list is a joke. Jaws is good. Goodfellas is great. Pulp Fiction is great. Shawshank is good, but I'm so sick of that movie, I never want to watch it again. I've seen it a hundred times. I don't know, man. It's got to be... Uh, I mean, it's it's not that hard. If you want to watch a movie, you can watch it. So anytime there's something I need to watch, I just I guess I just watch it. Maybe some like classic westerns, because I've never really seen any of those. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is on here. Otherwise, uh, you know, Casablanca and whatnot. It's not a very good answer, but it's all I got. I was hoping something would spark my, my memory or whatever, but there's nothing here that I really want to watch. And then he has another question that says, if you wrote a book, what would be its topic and title? Dude, I... Tommy, I don't know, man. I I, I don't mind the uh, non-football questions, but I, I got nothing for you. I, maybe something about podcasting. I don't know. Maybe uh, how dummies can podcast for dummies. I don't know. The problem with books is that, and it's I, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, is biggest reason I hate books, even though I'm trying to constantly get better at reading books, but I hate them. Because books are basically like YouTube videos, except the YouTube video, you're trying to be concise and just get the information out. Books... You're trying to fill 150, 200, 300 pages. So you take about 40 pages worth of information and you just drag it out. And I think like self-helpy books are the absolute worst or, or you know, whatever you want to call them, like uh, psychological things where they try to teach you stuff. They never, ever get to the point. Get to the point. What are you trying to get? And then when they finally get to the point, there's like a nugget in there. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. And it'll stick with me. But why did I have to read 80 pages? For you to tell me that, you could have told me that in a half a page. Well, because then you wouldn't have a book. You would just have eight pages of really good information. But the problem with that is, tons of people have read your book. They've summarized it on YouTube. People are talking about it. You've heard these concepts before because it's all been talked about. And it's just, they're just, they're not important. I want to read books just because then I can accomplish, you know, it's, it's like I want to have a bunch of, a library of books that I've read because it just feels like I've accomplished something. But it, it's the most inefficient way to learn information in the world. It's the same reason I think nonfiction, or excuse me, fiction is really, really stupid. And I know people love, like, oh, it's, it's so much better. Dude, how much better? Because it's going to take me a month to read that book, and I can watch that movie in two hours. How much is your time worth? I can watch the entire Marvel series from start to finish faster than I could read, like, one book of Iron Man. I don't even know if that book exists, but it would that's because it's just so boring. I don't know. It's just it's just how my brain is wired. It's why I like YouTube, because it's just just get to the point and show me in per, like show me how you do it. I don't know. So if I wrote a book, it would be really short and it would just have the information and zero people would publish it because they're like, we can't make money with this. You have to put in a lot of fluff. And I'm like, what's fluff? And they're like, well, just fill it with other words that don't help the person at all. Why would I do that? Well, then we have more pages. Oh, great. I, I guess books are just for people that like to read. That's all there is to it. I mean, obviously, that's what, what fiction books are. Because there's no other reason anybody would ever read a book when we have television and movies. You just like to read. But nonfiction 
is for the biggest suckers like me. I keep buying nonfiction books and I'm an idiot. There's no reason for me to do that. I'm not buying it because I like to read. I hate reading. Buying it because I want to learn stuff. But it's the most slow and inefficient way to learn things in the world. So yeah, not a big fan of books, even though I keep buying them. I don't know why. I have so many books. I've read like five of the books I've bought recently. And I just, I, sometimes I feel real good about it because it's like, yeah, I did it. And I, I did learn quite a few things. But as I'm reading it, I'm just angry the whole time. Once I'm done, it's like, that was, I'm glad I did it. And I learned four new things. But while I'm reading it, I'm the whole time, I'm just mad. What, what are you talking about? Get to the point. And they'll tease it along. You know, like it's make you think like it's coming. That big, that nugget is coming. And then they give you 40 pages of a, of an anecdote. Mary was 40 years old in 1902 on the farm in West Philadelphia, born and raised. Wait, what about, what, 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 what happened to the thing you were going to tell me? Oh, this'll, this'll get you there. And then you're like, all right, well, but at the conclusion of the story, maybe I'll understand. And then you don't. And then they're like, anyways, getting back to what I was talking about, I'm going to just... I don't care. Bullet points. Give me bullet points. It's all I want. Don't like books. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>